All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm your host, Tyler Friel, and sitting with me, I have John Whipple, who is a photographer, videographer extraordinaire. <laughs> um, anyway, we are down here on Kodiak Island and just got back from from a late winter, early spring mountain goat hunt. And uh, John, I have known for a super long time, but we made it back together and didn't strangle each other, so that's a good sign. But... Uh, Oh, John was uh, shooting photos, videos, and goats with me, and uh, yeah, so, and John, if you don't know, has, uh, it's, you work with uh, 60th Parallel Adventures. Why, why don't you get into that? I'm terrible at, <laughs> at introducing what I don't know totally, so. Sure. Um, well, I grew up in Alaska, and, you know, like most kids in Alaska, I grew up hunting and stuff, and in the last few years, my hunting partner, Casey, and I have started to try to share just our experiences in Alaska through photo and video uh, capture, and that's uh, 60th Parallel Adventures. So it's grown enough that now I do full-time photography and videography that's mostly in the hunting space, which is a pretty great way to spend time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, you know, because I started seeing your stuff before we were introduced and we got linked up because you had done uh, photography on a trip for uh, one of my editors at Outdoor Life this past fall, I believe. Yeah. And it kind of worked out. They wanted to, wanted someone to come on this on this mountain goat hunt with me, and that's kind of a kind of a tricky situation because it's not like you can just send any photographer to do this kind of stuff. Right. And uh, watch. I was very thankful to have. <laughs> Have access to someone who knew what they were doing because you've, I mean, like you've been, you've shot, I think, more goats than I have. Just barely, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, done a lot of sheep hunting and grew up, you grew up down in Palmer, was it? Yeah. Basically. Yeah, Palmer. And so hunting the Chugach down there. Yeah. Or I guess from here, it's up there. Right. We are in Kodiak (laughs) right now as we record this. Yeah, the uh, the Chugach Mountains, uh, for those who don't know, are pretty good training ground for a mountain hunter. It's it's uh, kind of gnarly country, but beautiful country. Yeah, yeah, really gnarly, pretty unforgiving. <laughs> yeah, can be. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I had you know going into this, it was you know, I don't know. You're always a little, I don't know if anxious is the right word because I wasn't anxious. I like you know having followed you and known that you can do the stuff plenty you know i wasn't nervous or anything but it's it's always interesting when you go hunting with someone like on a trip like this you've never gone hunting with before yeah yeah that's a same for me apprehensive maybe a little bit yeah and like you said you know your reputation precedes you as well and and we both uh had common friends that i think vouch for each other and that goes a long ways but yeah when you're spending multiple days in a in a tent the size of a, a queen bed you know if that <laughs> if that right probably smaller and in situations that not to be dramatic but could could be life-threatening you know in in bad situations and at even in good situations are trying at times right uh you want to you want to pick a good partner and so it is always a little little nerve-wracking when yeah. you go into the field like that with and someone even, you haven't met. And even not so much, you know, being worried about the other person being able to keep themselves out of trouble or whatever, but even just, like, how well you're going to mesh with that person and be on the right. same page. <laughs> exactly. 
and you know i have to say it worked out great you know it was such it was such a fun trip but uh so this will be kind of a a little bit of a recap um and it is a background it's getting to be much more well known especially in alaska with the the registration goat hunt on the south end of kodiak runs basically i think right now from august 20th to march 20th and it's just such a cool opportunity i can't think of anywhere else in the world and granted my knowledge is pretty limited so like i've been wrong before <laughs> where you know you can hunt into the goats into the spring and then uh kill two of them yeah. right now right now the bag limit on on the south end of the islands two goats and they they upped that from one a few years ago just because they they have not been able to meet their management guide, their management um, goals. Quotas, yeah. And the goats are just going crazy. Um, so anyway, we get down to Kodiak, uh, get on a beaver and get dropped off in this bay. And the previous couple weeks, there'd been a lot, you know, a lot of snow and, and it was pretty cold weather and, and the snow was down low, which is great for me because it pushes the goat, well, tip, tends to push the goats down a lot lower and make them more accessible from the salt water. So we land, of course, on, land on this beach, and uh, and we decided when we got there, basically, that it was going to be our best bet to just set camp up off the beach and hunt from camp every day. And that's a big difference. You know, you hear it, everybody says that goat hunting, you never have to walk as far as sheep hunting, typically, but it's a lot nastier country a lot of times. And... That seems to be the case. We uh, so we get dropped off and pack up and uh, or set our camp. Get dropped off, set our camp up, and then uh, decided to get up on this bench because right up above camp there's huge gnarly cliffy mountains with a bunch of goats all over them. So we want to get up on a bench and kind of work across this this the bottom of this ridge line just to get a feel for what was there and whatnot. Right. For those who don't know, in Alaska, you can't fly same-day airborne. Flying's really common for accessing hunting areas. Yeah. And uh, for fair chase reasons, they generally don't want folks hunting same-day airborne in most cases. And so we were just going out to kind of get the lay of the land. We're not not pulling triggers yet. Yeah, we couldn't couldn't shoot that day that we had flown, so we wanted to kind of scout it and figure out a game plan for the next day. And, uh, so we get up out, out of most of the brush and we're working across this hillside and it was funny on the flight in, I'd asked, I'd asked our pilot off, anybody been seeing bears out? Cause it's still early, but eh, about the time they're starting to, starting to poke out and move around. And he'd said, he'd heard of a couple guys seeing bears and, uh, cause you know, we're on Kodiak Island. So that's naturally what everybody's worried about. And, uh. I didn't really think much of it. I wasn't even the, in the mindset. So you can maybe tell tell from your your side when we're walking we're walking across the hillside up to this kind of in broken alders and down below us is pretty thick alders right up to this kind of rock slide. Yeah, it seemed to be the nature of the country that we were in that the the brush line kind of carries all the way up the mountain until you hit cliffs. There's no transition space where there's yeah, no nice grassy, tundra yeah. grassy knoll yeah and so like you said we we're c- cutting across this hillside uh, just trying to get some different vantage points to glass the hills and we had just cut across this rock scree and you said you heard something prior to this i didn't i, I never heard any 
any noises. Um, and then all of a sudden, as we're moving across this rock slide, which has still got a lot of brush around it, yeah, um, I heard a big clatter of rocks below us, and that's not unusual. You, no, you know, rocks are falling in the mountains all the time on their own. But it it was a little unusual for the area that we were at. I felt like, and then then we heard the all too familiar sound, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and most most hunters in Alaska know exactly what that means. Yeah, and it was funny because we were walking up to the to the edge of that. I had just seen a fox, and we heard some foxes barking, and it's breeding season for them. So I'd seen we'd seen a fox not I mean twenty minutes before, and it kind of cut across that direction of the hill, and we're walking up to that rock slide, and you know we're walking through brush making noise, and I guess it, I just wasn't in the mindset. I heard kind of a, and it didn't register that it was a cub initial. Like my first thought was, is that fox bark, you know, Mm -hmm. making some racket down there. And then basically uh, I heard that and stopped and then you stopped and then the rocks fell and then just, and so it all happened pretty quick. And she was only. 40 yards away yeah, probably I'd say that was uh, a guess We'd, my first thought was like 35 yards you know, yeah like, that's close whatever yeah. that is it's pretty close yeah we didn't see her and i you know so of course then we're yanking the rifle out of the pack and and you had a handgun but i mean i wasn't was not expecting to bump into one which no. was kind of my fault after that the right <laughs> the rifle was carried just for safety <laughs> but yeah she starts huffing and i mean Calling it an encounter maybe a little bit of a stretch because she, she didn't. Eat. I fully expected her because we had the wind was blowing towards us. I fully expected her to do, to come up where she could see us or circle around and get downwind of us and catch our wind. But she, we could hear her huffing off down through the alders, and then what? Ten minutes later, her and the cub popped out up above us, farther, you know, farther, you know, a couple hundred yards away, and got up on a rock pinnacle and just. Yep. Standing there, mean mugging us. Yeah, yeah, right up, right up there in above some goats, above some goats. Yeah, <laughs> in the cliffs, look, just just a, like a big gargoyle on top of this rock, looking down at us. Yeah, posturing, and so yeah, that was a pretty pretty exciting start to the first day. I'm like, God, oh, now, and this is like right in the middle of where we were yeah. wanting to poke around goat hunting. And there's not super far from camp. No, no, I mean half mile from camp maybe and right in the middle of where we were seeing goats and we're thinking we were going to go up and go up and get one and just in the back of your mind knowing that she may or may not be hanging around in there when the entire way up to there is just through the brush right and you brought up a good point based on the time of year it's very likely that she was denned up somewhere right around there because this time of year they're they're usually sticking close to close to their den uh, which means, great, she's she's camped out right here where we want to be <laughs> this yeah. whole time. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so after, you know, we we never ended up seeing her or cutting any tracks after that, so it was kind of a... Right, spoiler little, alert, we didn't get eaten. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a, didn't have to shoot her, nothing, a little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of a heart-pumping moment there for, there for a few seconds anyway. Yeah, it did definitely set the tone for the trip, and... Could have been bad, but I think that's 99% of bear stories you never hear because, you know, there's close scrapes, but it's, in the end, 
nothing really comes of it. Yeah, you not know? not a big deal. It wasn't like she was harassing us or anything. She no. did just what she was supposed to do. Leave. Yeah. Even she went. Yeah, kind of out of her way to leave. It was pretty cool because it was. It is kind of the potentially worst case scenario, right? Fairly thick brush, sow with cubs, so she's defensive. Yep. The wind was not in her favor. Yeah. So she couldn't smell us and she couldn't see us. Um, so that's, to me, that says prime situation for her to, to be defensive, mm-hmm. to go on the, and, and to try to scare us off or attack and, or at least circle around and try to get our wind, see yeah. what we are. And, uh, she didn't even do that. She just kind of took off, which yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. You know, that's a good bear there. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's a guy, I think a few years ago that got tore up pretty good hiking up a hill and basically stumbled right into a den where one was still a sow with cubs was still hanging right there. But, uh, so that's always in the back of your mind, but yeah, long, long story short, didn't amount to anything. Yeah. So we got back to that evening. We saw a bunch of, we saw probably 40, 50 goats that night and, uh, got back to camp made a game plan the next day to stay in the bottom and go about a mile up this drainage from camp and, and get a bead on these, on this herd of goats that was coming down in different spots off this one ridge line. And so we packed, packed her up and went over there and, uh, and sitting there glassing. And I don't know, we were seeing, they were hanging up top all day. And as they started working their way down in that one spot, there was, uh, what there was a group of four of them that had you know a couple of young a couple of young billies and that older nanny i think it was the one i got mm-hmm. that older nanny came down and the country it's so that ridge is the whole way from the bottom all the way up it's like 45 degrees or steeper and the problem you're faced with if you're not on top of the ridge shooting down is getting to a spot where you can see through the brush well enough and have a spot to shoot Right, because it's so steep. That's the, that. I think that was one of the biggest challenges of that country is because the the hillsides are so abrupt. Um, you kind of have to start the hunt back away from the mountain just so you can see the whole mountain or at least parts of it. Yeah. Right. Because if you're on the mountain, there could be goats right above you, and you will not know because it's so steep. Yeah. <laughs> and then the same is true for getting a shot, like you said. It you know getting getting that angle. Uh, can be tough yeah it uh that's a challenge but we were sitting there and saw kind of debating on which way to go up after these and uh they were i don't know they were about i think 1300 1400 feet and uh saw one bare patch of this little spine that was going up because off this ridge line there's all these little mini drainages and there was one spine that looked, you know, like it was fairly bare grass for about 50 yards. Mm-hmm. And so I figured, well, that'll be, that'll be in range we'll, if we can make it up there. And I was thinking, now oh, we'll, bu- we'll bust up there in 15, 20 minutes. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, something about that, that brush and. Yeah, the salmonberry bushes. Yeah, it was, uh, that entire hillside was just packed with brush, and I can't imagine what it's like in the, you know, early in the, early fall before the stuff dies. Right, trying to do that in August or September. Yeah, I mean, some of it, some of it I think would be basically impenetrable. Right. But 
climbing up that hill. It's so steep, and I'm not a super agile guy myself. So the best, it's just like this feeling of hopelessness trying to get up through that where you're basically on all four, using all fours to climb up this hill and everything is trying to keep you from climbing it. <laughs> like those, those bushes, those dead bushes, they're like, like wicker sticks almost. Yeah. But with thorns, with thorns <laughs> and they're just grabbing you everywhere and they give you, they, they're putting just enough pressure where, you know, you get a bite with your feet and then go to climb up and it's pushing back away from the hill on you just enough to where it it can be a little sketchy at times and, and just frustrating you feel like you're just in a you're in a literally in a sea of these things right and they're not strong enough to really grab onto at least one one or two strands of it right yeah. like if you used try to just use it as a handhold like you do alders climbing yeah. up alders you just fall off the mountain they'd rip out of the ground or break yeah, and they're you know, all dead this they're, time they're of year. all dead, yeah. I mean, you can get a handful of them and and, uh, and use, use that a little bit. Yeah, I found like I could I could grab a bundle of them and I, I would never put all my weight on them, right. but, but just enough to overcome the resistance of them. <laughs> yep. And they're all right at like, it seemed like no matter where you were, they were right at eye level, like just slapping you and poking you in the eye. I mean, we both got poked in the eye a couple times. Mm. I had one stick in my <laughs> ear. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, get up one spine and then, oh, it'll be easier to go up this little drain where it's, you know, rocks. And that wasn't much easier. And then there was, you know, it was about crotch deep snow and one of them. So we finally work up to this spine and, and those goats were still there and we got settled in and figured out which one was what and, and shot her. It just sacked her, and she slid down. It was a good poke, too. It was about three, what was it, 310? Yeah, I think she was like 310 when I ranged her, and she walked another 30 yards away or so. And yeah. But dropped her, broke both front shoulders, and she's laying there. I said, she's actually not going to fall. Which is rare. Yeah, which is very rare. Their typical instinct is to just throw themselves off the nearest cliff. Right. For those who haven't hunted goats before, that... The challenge is rarely um, finding goats, as we as you mentioned yeah. before. It's getting a, a clean shot where you can retrieve them. And even then, I think there's a lot of goats that get shot that don't get retrieved. You hear that story way too often, more with goats than I think any other animal up yeah. here, where, I mean, where people just can't retrieve them. Cause, yeah, that's just the, like you said, that's the the whole mantra of goat hunting. It's not hard to find them, typically. You don't have to go that far, and they're there. But finding them in a spot where you can a kill them and b retrieve them without dying is is seems to be more of the challenge. Yeah. And I guess part of that is finding them in a spot where you can kill them, and they're not going to fall off a five hundred foot cliff and be a fluffy sack of hamburger at the bottom. Right. Because I I think that it's it's kind of the just the perfect cocktail of. A, them being naturally super resilient, tough critters, they soak up lead like no, nothing yeah. else that that size that I've hunted. And then B, their their safe place is the cliffs. So I think they default to, yep. oh, I'm in trouble, run for the cliffs. Yep. And then, of course, that just means they fall down a huge cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this one, sacked, I'm like, she's not going to fall. And, uh, and there'll be plenty, I'm sure there's people that have, have 
plenty of things against shooting nannies. I don't care. I especially this hunt, you know, I'm just like, man, I, I want to come down here and have a good time and shoot some goats and I could care less, you know. Right. Like, well, and from a conservation standpoint, um, right now, uh, goats are not um, natural yeah. to the island, right? We, we we put them on here, I think, in the 60s, and they've done super well. They just yeah. have thrived on this island. It's perfect habitat for them, and everybody loves having them down here. But the numbers are, are rising so fast, they want to kind of keep it under control. And so they're kind of getting to the point where the biologists are encouraging the taking of nannies, I think, just to yeah, get that under control. Yeah, they're they're wanting that, like, you know, we were kind of hearing, hearing talk because they've been having meetings about what to do. They're ta- throwing out ideas of upping it to a three-goat limit or opening it to nannies with kids just because they they have never, I don't think, since they opened it, been able to reach their, their harvest goal. Right. And, I mean, with that n- nothing's been decided. We don't, that's just yeah, conjecture. Yeah, just hearsay, yeah. Um, but... But the fact remains that the goats are doing very well, and they wanna they wanna keep it balanced. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyway, this thing just about uh, she's staying there, and then just like she just like she's supposed to, I guess, as a goat rears up on her hind legs, flips herself over Ugh. and down the hill, and I'm like, up here we go. And she wasn't in it. Like I knew she pro. I didn't think she would fall super far. Right, or we wouldn't have shot her. Yeah. And, uh, so she, yeah, she slid down on her belly about a hundred to 200 feet, I think. Yeah. And then went over this cliff down and I see her stop right below this big rock mm-hmm. dead. And so, all right. Out there. of sight though. Like she I, fell just out of sight. I could see her. Oh, you could see her. Yeah. See, I was just down the hill like a few feet and I was, I could not, she went. And she about landed on some other nanny's kid down below <laughs> yeah scared that thing to death and so i shoot you know this thing's dead and then john's like you want to shoot another one I'm like <laughs> well i do but not right now <laughs> and it's probably hindsight probably good we didn't because we could have f- shot all four of our goats right then and there sure but uh if we weren't picky yeah yeah so it uh we get up and it she probably died as the crow, you know, range-wise, 200 yards from us. It took us two hours to get to her. Yeah. I, it, I could not believe it. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's just right up there. Well, you know, like getting used to sheep hunting. Well, it'll take us 15 minutes to bounce up there at a leisurely pace and just scratching and clawing the whole way up there. Yeah. Oof. That was the worst section. We thought it was bad getting to where we were. But that last 200 yards was way worse. Yeah. I mean, because there was a lot more snow up mm-hmm. there. There was probably four feet of snow Yeah, in most of those cuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got a couple of videos of me, like, trying to stay on top of it, being tenderfoot, and then all of a sudden just post hole right up to my crotch. <laughs> all right. Well, neither of us are exactly lightweights. <laughs> no, no. Not in any sense of the word. But, uh, yeah, we finally picked our way over to her and i had thought it looked like where she fell you know from my perspective it looked like one of those little kind of flat spots right underneath a rock that she'd piled up in get over there and she was hanging in midair in an alder and it's just straight down below her down this chute you know i don't know how far she would have 
she would eventually hung up on all because it was full of alders, but hanging in midair and it was I had to you know, I took off my back, got below her, took off my backpack and had to kind of shimmy over there. And yeah, it was um, it was cool it, looking. It, it was really cool. It was impressive just hanging there because she was yeah, it was like a a rock face that was almost vertical. I would say pat right there. It was past forty five. Yeah. Like it was. Oh, yeah. It was very. It was close to vertical, and and then this one bush was growing straight out of the rock at almost a ninety degree angle yeah. to the slope, and happened to catch her. And it wasn't a big alder bush either. No. I don't know how it stopped her. She must have like hit something that slowed her down enough that she caught up in it. Yeah. Um. So it was the coolest thing. She was just kind of suspended in midair over this you know chasm kind of yeah we get up there like what are we gonna do because they're trying to you know take some pictures there's no way for me to like get in the uh, right it was it was a challenge how are we gonna how are we gonna skin this one out yeah it (laughs) unfortunately i don't know it was you know 15 yards down and over to the the left looking down there was just one little pinnacle i don't know about the side there was a you know real a flat spot about the size of a coffee table small yeah. coffee table yeah right there so we uh we managed to yank her out of the alder and one of you know we'd we'd swing her to each other you know john would be there and i'd hang on the alder and pull her and pull her we'd pull her out and then he'd hang on to her and i'd scramble down around him and grab the leg and we'd kind of just swung her over and got her on that spot and it was phenomenal for pictures like in, in the picture that go you can really see just how steep it is when i was behind it you know it looks like i'm kneeling down i think i was on one knee and then the other leg was straight hanging off the edge. hanging off the edge <laughs> yeah it was gorgeous though it captures the moment really well you can see the angle of how steep the hillside is and see the ocean below yeah it was cool it yeah was super cool and uh, yeah, because I think we, I think it, we, I pulled the trigger at about four thirty, and we got to her at six thirty, and then it was get. We had the headlamps on right when we were finishing up. Yeah, getting her, getting her cut up and put in the backpacks. Yeah, and then it was, yeah, we had. I think we had enough light where we, I don't know, we couldn't really pick her out down, but we were able to eyeball it a little bit. Before we lost, I mean, we made a point to do that before it got dark. We're like, okay, before we leave this mountain, it's going to be dark. Let's pick our route now. <laughs> yeah. And so, had to take, take the thing all the way down in the dark, and it felt like a lot farther than it was. It did. It know? always does in the dark, doesn't it? It does. Going, you know, going downhill, basically straight downhill with a heavy pack is, is tough. And we're pretty much just blindly crashing, you know, we can, <laughs> as far as we can see in our headlamps, you know, blindly crashing through the brush down the hill. And it's a lot of that where those salmon berries are, I noticed it's that kind of mulchy, rotten, grassy surface. And there was right. a lot of spots where it's, it, you know, it, the up high, it still froze hard underneath and super slick, but then down low, it's starting to melt and your boots will just slide out from under you. And I took a couple of little tumbles down there. Luckily we were just joking that we were joking. There's a lot of brush to catch us if we right. fell, <laughs> but yeah, so we, we ended up getting all the way, just picking our way all the way down. And I mean, going, 
in some ways it was easier with dealing with a brush because it wasn't poking you in the face so yeah. much. But your headlamps, all it's doing is lighting up the brush right in front of your face. And re- it was really tough, I found, to find spots or pick spots to put my feet. Mm. Just your, I don't know, just my eyes like overstimulated by all this brush getting lit up. You can't really see the ground underneath it so well. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's so steep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ground's a lot farther away from me than you than normal. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were headed straight back down towards where we had jumped that bear the day before too. Yep. And so that was in the back of our minds as well. But we were making quite a bit of racket. You oh know, a cu- yeah. A couple of rhinos we, coming we down through be, the brush. We weren't, we weren't sneaking up on anything. <laughs> <laughs> but and at that point, that was. I mean, not that we could have been much quieter if we tried, but I think we were trying to be noisy at that yeah. point you know keeping up a conversation and such yeah and so we yeah we eventually made it down to the bottom and then it was a pretty you know not a bad walk back to camp i think we made it back to camp at like twelve thirty or so mm-hmm. yep yeah once we hit the salmon stream at the bottom it was a lot easier cruising and then uh it was the next day we were stuck in the tent i think yeah Yep. Got out of the tent, and it, it wasn't terrible weather, but raining, and you couldn't see, you know, it was fogged in down pretty low. You couldn't see where the goats were, so. That's really the key with mountain hunting, right? Yeah. Like, you, you can go out in the rain if you want to, as long as you can see. Yeah. But if you can't see. You're just stumbling around. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't jump, jump shoot goats, really. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not unless you get pretty dang lucky with it. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we spent that day in the tent, and then, I mean, really, we just had that one day in the tent the whole time we were out. It was phenomenal weather for Kodiak. Yeah, we were super lucky. Tell anybody for Kodiak, plan on extra days on either end in case you get stuck in town or stuck out in the field, and it's just bad weather is just kind of a a given down here, but um, overall, you know, that first couple days, I think when I shot the goat, it was overcast, but it it was still beautiful weather. And then uh, stuck in the tent. And then the next day, we spent, I think, all day between, you know, right on the edge, hanging back a little bit, you know, 300 to 500 yards from goats Mm -hmm. all day. Yep. And didn't get one shot, because we're trying to get John a goat now, didn't get one shot where a goat wouldn't have just nosedived off a cliff and busted themselves up pretty bad that was frustrating it kind of was because <laughs> we saw a lot of goats yeah you know i don't, I don't remember exactly but it was probably 40 or 50 goats yeah, that yeah. day and you know from first thing in the morning oh there's the goats you know we hike up on a little knoll start glassing move around to a couple different knolls you know get different angles on them and yeah it's just a matter of being responsible enough to know all right, well, yeah, I mean, I could pull the trigger on that, but yeah. that's where the hunt would end. Yep. <laughs> you know, we we would either never be able to go retrieve it, or we would, but there wouldn't be a lot left. Yeah, I mean, at some of those were up there. They would have rolled about, looked like about half a mile down the hill. Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, just nothing to stop them, just, oh, man, but uh, it's impressive what those things can do. Yeah, and, and they're just hanging out out there. Not a big there. deal at all. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, we worked all the way across that hillside, I remember, to look up this chute where we'd seen like 20 of them 
just kind of, we could barely see them on the point of this ridge bedded down earlier. And they had been coming down in the evening to feed. So we were hope thinking we would catch them down pretty low. And even where they were, had been bedded was in range yeah, and shootable from right there. But, you know, we never could locate it. We never did figure out where they went. No. When they got, you know, by the time between us seeing them bedded and being out of sight to get close, that's the thing about that country is it's uh, it's not like a big smooth mountain face, right? It's just riddled with little cuts and patches of brush and um, just features throughout the whole hillside. So, I mean. We, we learned really quickly, oh, wow, if we sit and study this one little patch of real estate, there's a ton of goats right in this little little area. But if you glanced at the hillside, you'd think, oh, no, nothing there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's amazing how they can just disappear with one step to the left or to the right. And that was right off the bat, you know, and, and it's, it's not anything new to me necessarily, but all, it often surprises me how much that is true, even, yeah. even for sheep hunting. But these goats, you know, when we, when we flew in, we did a loop around looking at this different country and, and we located some, but more, more not than anything, just to get a feel for what that country looked like. And, uh, we didn't see 10% of the goats that were there from the air. Right. You know, even that first day walking across, you know, you look up and you're not seeing goats and all of a sudden you sit down and then all of a sudden there's one, there's one, there's one, there's two, there's five. Yeah. Um, it was pretty, pretty amazing. I think a lot of people get impatient yeah. when they're, when they're hunting, you know, and that's, it, it helps me because I'm slow anyway. So it gives me an excuse to be slow and just take my time and spend a lot of time glassing. And I think, you know, you would, you wouldn't think they'd be hard to see white goats, but I guess in the conditions we were dealing with, there was snowed still down pretty low and a lot of broken snow. And I think broken snow is harder to see them in sometimes than. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Definitely is. And I think going back to what you just said about taking your time and, and really glassing an area, that's such a good lesson. Just in general, I have to remind myself of that frequently. That once you once you get into the country, when you're hunting, you you're already there. That's what I have to tell myself. Like it's not about getting to the next ridge. Not you know it might be, but yeah. usually it's like, all right, you're here. Like pay attention, be careful, be ready, look around now. You know, instead of you know being in the mindset of oh I gotta I gotta put this many miles on today, yeah, or I gotta get to the top of that mountain. Or, yep. you know, whatever it might be. Because you'll miss stuff. Or or work a lot harder than you needed to. Yeah. At the very least, let your glass do the walking, you know. Yeah, and that's, you know, kind of why we came, we came up with that plan for the first day when I killed that goat is, we know there's goats all over this. Let's sit back where we can see a lot of country, you know, with the binos and spotting scope and just pick over and take our time to figure out where we want to go and, you know, whether it's which goat we want to go after or, and be able to see some sort of approach. Because mm -hmm. once you're up in their, in their space, you know, a lot of times you may, you may or may not have, have plenty of time to evaluate things and, and, and set up and everything once they see you. But once you're up there, they can be anywhere. I mean, even where I shot mine from before I shot her, I looked on just 
across this, you know, this little drainage between the spine we were on and the next spine was like 30 yards across and look up and there's, I think it was a nanny and a kid. I just saw a goat like 50 yards up the hill from us that we hadn't seen come down. No. And there ended up being two there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, once you're, once you're in their, in their space, I mean, they can almost be anywhere. It seems like. <laughs> But yeah, those goofy critters. So yeah, long. That day was a bust, basically. Yeah, yeah. Day we three. stayed out till stayed out till dark, and it just didn't work out. Yeah. And uh, back to the tent, and then you can. Why don't you tell how day four went? Okay. Yeah. So day four, we uh, have good weather again, but we've been kind of keeping in touch with Kodiak and our pilots and they're keeping us posted on the weather and we get word that there's some high winds, you know, maybe a storm kind of blowing in. Yeah. Cause I uh, think we were, we were supposed to get picked up today, which is two days. Yeah. It would have been day seven. I think something like that. Right. Right. And, uh, so this is day four of what was to be a seven day trip. And or eight, I guess. Yeah. Eight day trip. And we're like, well, there's only a couple days left of the actual hunting season. Mm-hmm. And the storm is going to roll through here pretty soon. It might keep us pinned down for quite a bit past the close of the hunting season. So we should probably try to make it happen today. Yeah. Um, and get get at least one more goat on the ground. And so we switched our tactics up a little bit. We mm-hmm. we had we had been working our way. We were kind of um, the beach that we were on was kind of uh, at the corner, I would say, yeah. of the of this of the um, this section of the mountain range. And you could you could kind of go down the. Uh, we'd been going down the the left side of the of that um, kind of up corner. away up away from the ocean, uh, up and away from the ocean. And this time we decided to run the coastline down the right side of the of the corner and uh which was steeper and nastier country but, oh yeah but we'd been seeing um more goats in mm-hmm. that area um as of the day before and so and we're like well it looks like we can kind of cruise the beach line and that that's just far barely just far back enough to be able to glass the whole hill and then maybe we can see something that we can shoot you know shoot up the hillside after and uh so we did that, but it wasn't um, a nice, gentle beach, right? No, no. <laughs> it was uh, it was basically a boulder field. Yeah, the whole way. <laughs> yeah, so, and you look you look at stuff like that, and you're like, oh well, there's no brush. I could just cruise right down that. Not super, not cruising super fast. No, it was better than the brush. It was though. much better. Yeah, uh, I'll take boulder field over brush any day. And so we started working our way down the beach and. Started seeing goats pretty pretty quickly, yeah. Right away, um, and some of them were in real nasty stuff, like at the very top of the mountain, um, where there was no way we would ever get them. But then we saw another group that was a little more than halfway down and was in kind of an approachable spot. We kind of picked out a route that if we wanted to go after them, I think we could have done. And so we started moving around um, to get into position position for that, and then we decided, well, let's. 
Let's go down the coastline a little bit farther so we can kind of see a little bit more of the mountain before we commit. And uh, maybe we'll get a, uh, you know, a, an even better opportunity. And it worked out pretty good. Sure enough, we saw more, another group of goats that was even lower down. The, yeah. the lowest gr- group of goats that we'd seen to date. Right? Yeah, the like, whole trip. Most of the goats, we were, this, and this is, you brought this up earlier, the snow a couple weeks prior had pushed goats pretty low. And we knew several people that were seeing goats incredibly low, as the term is, you know, we're, we're shooting them from the salt. Yeah, well, right? and they, yeah, they were, and getting, a, you know, getting them on the boat whole. We literally had a buddy show us a picture of a goat in his skiff that yeah. he had just, I don't know if he gutted it or not, but they just hauled it out yeah. <laughs> whole and threw it in the skiff, Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy to me. You know, that's that's not what I think of when I think of a goat hunting. But Well, and I have, I'm, I have no doubt many guys would, oh, well, that's not goat hunting, that's cheating, and I'm like, p- big part, well, a part of me is like, man, that'd be pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say no to it. No. Um, I mean, I like I like a good challenge too, um, but it's fun to fun to get handed a free pass now and then. Yeah, I won't say no to that. Um, but, but we that was not had been our experience for those four days leading up to it. the mount. The goats were back up to the top of the mountain, and then in the morning and the evening, feeding down just low enough to where they could be shot to where they could be retrieved yeah. yeah i mean and that's like you know he said shot like when they they were up high it was there was ways to in a lot of that spot in a lot of those spots those goats were to get up to them and shoot them but they wouldn't have like they it would have just been counterproductive they would have destroyed themselves fallen yeah. yeah um so there's this group of four or five goats that we see that's way down in the brush. Like you can barely see them. Just these little yeah. bits of white in moving the in and out of the alders. I'm like, oh man, those ones are low. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go after those ones. So we get the glass on them and, and, uh, there's one nanny with a kid. So that's out. Um, but then there was, uh, what looked like a young two year old nanny. And then, um, a, uh, a little bit older nanny. And then I swear I saw a fifth goat in there at one point, but it was hard to tell because they're moving yeah. in and out of the alders. But I swear I saw a fifth goat that looked like a um, medium-sized billy. Not a big one, um, but a decent one, like a full-grown yeah. full grown goat. And But just caught a glimpse of it, and, and then we never saw that one again. So I don't know if I just you know saw one of the goat one of those four goats and and thought it was bigger than it really was or if there really was a fifth goat that just ghosted off into the ether i don't know yeah but there's sons not like there was any shortage of places for it to be that right. we couldn't see there was a lot of ether yeah uh but we we got a, around the the coast and 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 picked a route that we thought would get us to a little uh grassy knoll yeah. so to speak yeah. literally the grassy knoll <laughs> uh where we thought we might get a shot and it just worked out it just came together the that group of four goats was on a little um i don't know kind what cliff bench. edges yeah. bench is a better term bench it wasn't on a top cliff. of a there, there was a uh, yeah a relatively small cliff below them but they were just sitting kind of milling around on top of that bench yeah and it was one of the few spots on the hillside where 
that it was a clean shot, yeah. right? Because it was a lot of brush. Yeah. And they were, because they were so low. And so they were actually out in the open and it was perfect. And we kind of fought our way through the brush and didn't have to go far from the, from the beach. You know, uh, it was awesome. We just the first, the first little knoll above the coast. Yeah. You know, it was probably like as the crow flies, like a hundred yards from the salt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Farther, farther as the guy goes through the brush. Well, and it was funny (laughs) because that it with those particular goats, you know, it would have been a longer shot. You probably, you know, depending on how your day's going, could have probably shot them. But from the, I say from the beach, but uh, they were kind of obscured from that angle. Like that knoll was the only spot that we could see them well enough to shoot them from. A really clean line of sight. If, If you got up the hill anymore you they'd have been completely obscured by yeah, the hillside too, it was too steep yeah, yeah you wouldn't have been able to see them yeah so it worked out perfect we found a little alder bush um that we kind of crawled inside and set up got the camera set up got the the spot and scope set up got the you know got a rest for the rifle of sorts and then it was just a matter of um picking out the the uh single nanny you know of the of the two goats that that didn't have a kid you know picking the bigger one yeah uh which was still you know not that big about you know three-year-old yeah um nanny but uh, you know a nice shooter and as far as i was concerned i wasn't going to be picky yeah i think we're sitting there and you're like man you're man i, I swear there was a bigger one with them and you know right. and then you're it's, I, it's like, oh, he's trying to talk himself out of shooting this one. <laughs> like, well, I'm like, I, if it was me, I'd shoot it right, right there. Yeah, that's an easy one to get down. <laughs> you know, relatively easy anyway. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it worked out. He, or she, um, was behind a little bush for a while, but waited to for her to kind of feed her way along, along that bench until this was a clean shot. And then... The goats started to feed out of that area and go down out of sight into a cut. The other three goats, and she was the last one. Um, and she kept not presenting a good shot, and the, and but finally turned left and was started to quarter. You know, it was kind of a hard quartering shot, but better than the best one I'd gotten. And uh, I was afraid that she was about to drop into that cut and then then we might not have gotten a shot at all because once they're in that you know brush who knows and um the range was 250 yeah is that right yeah and uh so i touched off around um aiming you know for a a quartering through shot you know aim far back on the on the on the near side to come through and catch the vitals on the far side and i I was watching through the spot and scope and i kind of because i i i caught me off guard a little bit but i saw it like i was like oh, i'm pretty sure you hit her right in front of the hip yeah you know right in front of that hind leg quartering away which is where you want to hit them yep and uh and uh and and you could see that she was hit you know she see the impact of the bullet but then in true goat fashion she just starts walking away yeah. like like she like she just didn't get whacked with a 300 wind mag yeah and then <laughs> and i'm like what yeah, I saw the bullet hit this thing, and then she turns and comes walking back the other way, and just pouring blood out of the out of her opposite side. Right. I'm like, how is this goat not 
fallen down or you know it's not like she was just like all hump, humped up and you know act and hit right you could see she was hit yeah you know and hit hard but she because you could see the blood pouring out of behind her shoulder but didn't act otherwise behavior wise you'd never know which is just such a testament to how tough those dang yeah. things are it was impressive so i cracked off another shot and uh uh that one uh got it in the shoulder and that that tipped her over and um well i'd even i'd fired a, a second shot when she ran left and i missed that one then she turned right coming back then we saw the blood cracked a third shot that one punched her through the shoulder and then then she tumbled down the hill yeah well and it looked same thing with my like my goat looked like she was gonna stop right on top of that bench yeah that would have been sweet and then gave a little kick and just all we saw is her roll down over this rock that was a cut there was a couple cuts going back in that cliff face yeah. and yeah. she you know saw she rolled down into that cut and then so i just switch over and watching the bottom of it waiting for her to come flying out of it and she never did right so i said well that's she's right up there somewhere and same deal she just went fell about 10 feet and hung up an alder again yep yep yeah so that worked good she didn't fall yeah she didn't go far at all um relative to how far some goats roll down a mountain and uh that one didn't take as long to get to. It was still rough to climb up there, but it was like 20 minutes rough, not yeah. two hours rough. Yeah, it was way better spot than mine was in. And yeah, so that was it. And it was that one was a nice nice way to go out. That was a lot easier than the last one because this was mid-afternoon and it didn't take as long to get to her. Yeah. And uh, so we were able to cut it all up in daylight and, and pack her off the hill. In, in daylight. daylight, and we could, so we could pick our route down, and it was a little gentler of a route, and so that was that was awesome. Yeah, it was great, and uh, and it happened to be you know the tide was I think it was just hitting low tide, and it when, was at low tide when yeah. we got down because it was uh, the tide was starting to go out. Obviously, by the time we we had shot her, but most of that day, you know, as we're we're doing our glass, and it's high tide, and yep. there's not much rock to work with. And there was quite a few of those spots where the tide like comes right up to a rock face and you got to crawl through the alders to get around it. And it just so happened that it was low, you know, right about or before low tide when we got down the hill and were able just to pick our way around all those spots. I don't think there was anywhere we had to go get up in the brush. No, we were able to stay on the beach the whole time. There was even a little like a hundred yards where we got to walk on sand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly boulders. Um, but, but at least we got to stay out of the brush on the way back and it, I don't know, it's probably like a mile, a mile and a half. Yeah. I think it's like a mile and a half down. Uh, you know, it, it took there. us a while just picking through those bowlers. And of course at low tide there, a lot of those things are super slippery. Oh yeah. All the algae and it's yeah. either they're super slippery or they've got, uh, barnacles and stuff all over them and they're, you know, you couldn't fall, slip off of them if you tried. Right. You wouldn't want to. No. <laughs> cut you up pretty good but that yeah real good grip and uh so i mean as far as pack outs go you know i mean it's never fun to pack an animal out but it was pretty easy yeah um you know and as far as that, that sort of thing goes couldn't ask for more yeah it was great it definitely wasn't and i don't know looking back on on different hunts it definitely wasn't a super hard goat hunt 
No. But man, there's everyone's different and they're all like there's there was some super tough parts of it. But man, it was just such a fun trip. It was awesome. And I don't know, everyone all it seems like so many people get into comparing, oh well that's not like hunting here. Well, who cares? <laughs> like it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, I don't think by no means was it a, like a gimme hunt. We weren't, you know, staying in a cabin and then, you know, shooting critters out of a you know, blind or something, you know. Right. It wasn't that yeah. easy. No. <laughs> but uh but it was it was easier than a lot of other mountain hunting and and uh that was kinda nice for a change. It was good. And yeah. It's and fun just to get out in the country and I enjoyed getting to getting to know you better. Like you said, that can be a crapshoot when you go into the on a hunt with someone you don't know and that worked out really yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like we were pretty much always on the same page. Yeah, with what we, you know, I don't think either one of us, to most people, has a terribly abrasive personality. Right. right. <laughs> Some people might might beg to differ, but uh, <laughs> you know, when you, you end up hunting with someone, you just like you just don't jive with. It can make it. It can make it a lot less fun. It can, and even if, and then that's not to say they're not you know, a nice person. Yeah. Uh, they might be real nice, but you just, um, have different ideas of how to go about things or, or they, they might want to stay in camp on the day that you want to go out or that you might want to push to the top of the ridge and they don't, Yeah. you know, or, or, uh, when they get a real heavy pack on, then their attitude changes or get tangled up in the brush and right. (laughs) Cause that's, it's funny. I mean, I've felt that a lot of times climbing through the whether it's alders or that kind of brush, it's just like that. The best I can describe, it's just a feeling of hopelessness. <laughs> you know, you can get through it. And, and you know, I mean, a lot of these guys down here on the island that go climbing around these hills all year just laugh at us because <laughs> yeah. they get to bust through that stuff all the time. I'm but used to it. It's, uh, it's not easy, that's for sure. No. No, but it builds character. It does. I'm still picking thorns out of my my one my my brush breaking wrist. Right, still picking <laughs> character out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was that was such a great hunt, and uh, saw a lot of other animals too. I mean, we saw we were saying we basically saw yeah almost just all the land mammals on Kodiak in just a couple on days. the first day. Yeah. Yeah. I think we saw. Yeah, I mean, immediately had a deer walk through camp. Right then, within like. 15 yards of us or whatever yeah that was and cool and then uh seen a saw a river had a river otter out there in the surf and then when we were up on the hill he came up and was rolling around in the sand on the beach saw those bears saw quite a few fox several fox yeah we didn't see any ermine though didn't see any ermine we saw a rabbit yeah <laughs> and we saw a, a a beaver lodge but we didn't actually see any real live beavers yeah, we saw a lot of goats. Yeah, I don't know. We probably saw a hundred goats. Yeah, I'd say pretty easily. On I that mean, trip. just you know, some at, of them are repeats, but yeah. I'd say so. You know, we had more, certainly more than a hundred sightings, but I would say probably about a hundred goats in that area. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good rough estimate. And it's definitely a different kind of I mean, goat hunt. Is just different. It's a different kind of hunting when. You can all day be looking at legal animal, like different than sheep. All day you can be looking at legal animals, and there may not be any way to get any of them. Yeah, <laughs> some right. Days. And then, so, and then sometimes like yours, they just come way down low, or 
just do something that puts them in a, in a per great spot. You know, it seems like that to me with my limited goat hunting experience, that's a big part of it is being patient and just like having to wait for them to make a mistake or put themselves in a spot where you can get to them. Yeah. I've always thought of goat hunting as uh it's a lot like sheep hunting, but without the pressure we were talking about yeah. that uh, in the, in the field. And, uh, it's similar in that, you know, you have to pack light. It's mountain hunting, you know, so you, you're climbing mountains, you're carrying your camp on your back and you're, uh, you know, kind of using that similar spot and stock glassing kind of hunting method and, and, uh, the country a lot of times is similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but any goat you see is legal, <laughs> you know, Maybe. short of, short of nannies with kids. You know, you can, you can shoot any size goat and you can shoot females or males. And, uh, so that kind of takes the pressure off compared to, you know, doll sheep hunting where you're the big thing there is finding a legal ram and, in you know, really getting good at judging rams so that you know that they're legal. And yeah. Then, um, so that's that's one of the things I love about goat hunting is there's there's a bunch of them and you can and they you know they're pretty easy to find and you can shoot any of the ones you want you can be picky yeah. and try to hold out for that ten inch billy um, or you can you know shoot for the pot and and get you know go for those two or three year olds yeah and those um, are you know everyone says that about everything but the nannies and younger goats are better eating absolutely than the yeah big there's no doubt about that the billies seem pretty and they're a lot easier miss. to carry off the mountain and too. That, yeah <laughs> and then uh you know obviously the headgear is uh not as impressive as a ram right um although i do like i'm looking at a european mount on the wall in the uh house that we're staying at here in kodiak and uh, i really do like the way they look as a european mount they're yeah. pretty cool but for me the trophy is the hide yeah, and they're still that, super haired out right now. And that was the cool thing. So I've hunted goats quite a bit, but it was always in the fall. Mm-hmm. And so this was my first spring hunt, and I was super excited to see how haired up they might be after all winter. Yeah. And they, I mean, they are. They're beautiful. Yeah. There was a couple, like, looking on the hill that looked like they may have been getting a couple thin spots, but that could just be some of those goats. I mean, both the ones we shot were just, like, fully fluff balls. Yep. Like, actually, you know, my goat measured, like, almost half an inch longer than we thought it did initially just because mm-hmm. that, that tight curly hair in their horns was a lot longer than I thought it was. Right. And, you know, it was a lot thicker than I thought it was. After I skinned the head out, she actually was a pretty long nanny, like nine and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good nanny. It was a real good nanny. But for those who don't know, um, judging goats is kind of a nuanced thing. Yeah. If you haven't hunted goats before, even if you live in Alaska and are familiar with goats, if you haven't hunted them and judged them a lot, there's a learning curve. Oh, there They're is. Really, I mean, it, that's true of any animal, but I, when you're talking goats, the difference between a trophy and an average one is like an inch. Yeah. You know, one or two inches. And to judge that at a range of several hundred yards or, yeah. you know, or farther is... Uh, tough and it takes practice and um the nannies you know, obviously have horns too and so the difference between a, a nanny and a billy is pretty nuanced you know yeah and sometimes it can be 
over time you learn to you learn what to look for and and someone who knows what they're doing can usually tell pretty quickly you know glance at a glance at an animal and oh yeah that's a that's a nanny you know that's billy and it's you know it's probably you know whatever eight inches nine inches ten inches but uh it does take a little while to to get a feel for it yeah and they uh and with that hair you know although they these all these goats have little glands behind their horns. That's one thing guys will tell you is on billies, you can see those glands and it just makes their bases look gigantic compared to a nanny. And for me, I don't know, we really didn't see but like a couple mature billies. Yeah, literally one, like, maybe two. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised. But uh, And you see those ones, I'm at the point now where you see those ones and it's like, yeah, that's a billy. But it's like until you see those, like, uh, is it, you know, I'm like second guessing myself. But it's like, you know, pretty much all those nannies, are like, yeah, that's a nanny, that's a nanny. And, and, you know, both the shape of their horns and the nanny's horns are just way thinner all the way through. Right. So, I mean, let's walk through the characteristics for folks who haven't, haven't yeah, studied them yeah. all. Like, cause it, that's the other thing that's striking. I think a big part of it is perspective. Because you can look at a goat all by itself on a cliff, and it looks and huge. it looks big. They've got that white, fluffy fur, and just their profile is very muscular, and they've got a big hump on their back, and they just look impressive. Yeah, you know, but that could be a a, a small three year old. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. That when you get up next to it, you're like, oh wow, that's really actually tiny. Yeah, uh, but you see it up on the mountain, and they all look impressive, and. uh so, and then I think, like you were just saying, with nannies, it's e- it's pretty easy to make a nanny look like a billy. You're like, ah, oh, that could be a billy, but it's hard to make a billy look like a nanny. Yeah, Once you exactly. see a billy, a good, you know, a mature billy, you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a billy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what was I thinking? Right. Yeah. Um, and what you're looking for for a billy is markedly bigger bases, like, you know, a mature one, you know, two or three times, you know, the, the base size, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the horns, um, if you're looking at, if the animal's facing you, the horns are kind of going more sh- straight, not completely straight back, but a little more straight back. The nannies tend to, I think of it as a Y, where if they're looking straight at you, the horns kind of go to the left it's and like right they, like they a little more. They flare out more. They do, yeah. You know, whereas like a you know a, a billy's a lot more like a a steep V. Yeah. And then those nannies, it's like like yeah. the top of a vase or something that they a really flare wide out v. like that. Yeah. Yep. And then and then just a lot thinner through you know throughout the whole horn. Yeah. They can be as long. In fact, I think nannies get longer out sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not an expert and I don't so I don't I don't know what the the longest billy on record is versus the longest nanny on record is. Yeah, I mean, but I've, I've seen some really long. I've seen I've never seen an eleven or twelve inch billy. I have seen eleven or twelve nannies, inch yeah. nannies. Yeah, you know, um, and that that might I don't know if that just because they tend to live longer because they don't have to fight in the fall and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about goats. They're fun to shoot, though. <laughs> but, yeah, and one thing that really impressed me, too, was the recruitment. Right. I, uh, we saw probably, like, 80% of those nannies had kids. And this is kids 
that are coming up on they're going to be a year old in a month or so yeah whenever it is that they drop them exactly i'm not totally sure but uh they're kids that are basically a year old that they've managed to get through a year and they're getting ready to kick them out Mm -hmm. like like the vast majority of the nannies we saw had kids they did and at this point they're already weaned for the last two or three months and like you said they're on the verge of getting kicked out on their own and i think we saw 80 percent probably right yeah like four out of five nannies had a kid. Yeah. I just wish sheep recruitment was like that. Right. You know, where you're used to seeing like anywhere from 30 to 50%, maybe a little bit higher sometimes. Right. And of, that's survival of, rate. Of like used, these are the ones that made it. Yeah. Through their first winter. Through their that's first winter. That's not seeing them in the fall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are not the ones that, you know, that's not counting all the ones that got picked off by golden eagles and brown bears and. All, you know, all the ones that just didn't make it through the winter. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And you, yeah. can, you can see why they're worried about controlling the population. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely are. Um, but, yeah, any uh, any old closing thoughts or final thoughts on this trip? I mean, it's it's impossible to compress, even though this was a pretty short trip and we had to cut it a little shorter. I think, I think if that, as we saw in the forecast, and it, it is blowing like, pretty dang hard today like we would have been stuck there if we didn't come out when we did oh yeah but i think if we had another couple days we would have killed another two goats pretty easily well maybe not quote unquote easily right yeah i right exactly if we We, just wanted to shoot goats i mean we could have shot four yeah we were being kind of picky yeah and hope holding out in the hopes of finding you know a couple billies yeah um and uh didn't didn't end up working out we got got things cut short but uh if we'd been there a couple more days i think we would have whacked a couple more regardless one way yeah. or the other either yeah. either decide to i i learned a new term in the last couple of days snow cone snow cone yeah. <laughs> whacked a couple snow cones a couple of younger goats uh just to just to have the tags filled and and meat in the freezer you know if we didn't end up finding billies yeah i was i was pretty surprised i mean it's been a while the first goat i shot was a nanny about the same size as this one maybe a little smaller but and i i thought she was about the size of a doll sheep but this this one body size did not you know maybe not quite as heavy almost like comparable in size but not near the amount of meat that a sheep has on them no and the billies can yeah, get pretty big. Yeah, the billies big. can get really the, big. The billies are noticeably bigger bodied than the than the females when you put them up next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but then then the meat isn't always as good. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it was a great trip though. Yeah, we had a was, blast. It was a lot of fun. We we didn't die. Didn't die. Didn't have to shoot any bears. Didn't have to DLP any bears. I mean, really, yeah, it was non-issue we never even saw a set of bear tracks on the beach no it was just that one sound cub that was it and i had a great time made a new friend killed a couple goats i'm I'm already ready for goat season next year yeah (laughs) yeah we're already like scheming for for ways to do it next year i'd never been down in the spring to do this and it's the late late winter you know technically i think it just turned spring now, whatever the calendar says, yeah. Alaska's on its own calendar, obviously. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, it was just a cool time of year to be out. Ah, that's one of the greatest things about this hunt is, 
and one of the cool things about living in Alaska is if if you want to get after it, there's n- no time of year where you can't go hunting. Yeah. For big game. Yeah. Like, and that's amazing. There's not a lot of places that you can do that, I bet. No. You know, uh, you have the traditional hunting season in August and September where you're you're hunting your sheep and your caribou and your, your moose, yeah. right? Stuff like that. But then you ha- in October, you've got bears and deer, deer tails, season yeah. is still just, just kicking into gear, really. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, goats starts to pick up in October too. Yeah. That's a great time to hunt them in the fall because the yeah. weather's not getting as bad. You know, you hit that second week of October and beyond, um, at least down here, mm-hmm. and the the weather can has a tendency to get a lot worse. And and but it's late enough that they're haired up. Yeah. Right? Then November you still got deer, and then there's the late season caribou hunts. Same with December. Yeah. Right. All that. And, and then goats. I mean, goat season carries through all those months until now. Mm-hmm. Right, as does a lot of caribou, you know, hunts and stuff yeah, and like then, that. And then and we're then, into bear season. And we're into bear season. Yep. <laughs> and and that carries through and through June. Yeah. You know, pretty solidly. Most areas they can you can find prime bears still in June. Yeah. And then July, July most people go fishing, but you can go hunt caribou up north if you want to. Yep. Yeah, or or, over or, or black bears in most of the state. And black bears, yeah, year round. You know, they're they're kind of getting getting super thin once you hit the end of june or july depending on the year but yeah it's a cool state Um, just huge tons of different country and opportunity and this has been a super fun trip so yeah yeah, man it's been a pleasure and thanks for coming with me and documenting it way better than i could (laughs) that's what i love doing yeah it was a blast yeah well uh where can everybody get a hold or see your stuff yeah um you can uh, find me at a couple different places. You can find me at 60thparallel.com, 60thparallel.com. That's a lot of my hunting content, along with my uh, business partner, Casey Dinkle. And we, we do a lot of stuff um, in front of and behind the camera and hunting in Alaska. And then uh, and the same uh, 60th Parallel Ventures on Facebook, Facebook and 60th Parallel on Instagram. And then my own personal work, um, projects like this and others, photo and video stuff at 49mm Creative, 49mmcreative.com and 49mm Creative Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so go check out John's stuff. He's like a really, really good photographer and... uh and just a super cool guy. It's been great hanging out with him and getting to go kill some stuff. And I'm sure it's just the start of doing more stuff together, I hope. Yeah, I so. reckon. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, uh, thanks for listening and take care until next time. If you have any questions or comments, you can email podcast at tundertalkak.com. Thanks for listening.